If I told you that the final score of Thursday night's game between the Florida Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets would end in 6-3, to I would have told you that it would have been in favor of the Panthers. This time around, not the case. The Florida Panthers dropped the last game of the season series against the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're going to talk all about Thursday night's game against Columbus, what went wrong, some of the things that they need to fix, and a look ahead to Saturday's matinee game against the Edmonton Oilers, all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, February 25th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen today. I'm Armando Velez from PantherBarkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen today. And don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. They'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. I don't know where to start. And the last two nights for the Florida Panthers talking about where this team is, it kind of sucks. Not going to lie. But at the same time, I kind of take a little bit of a step back. And I think of me, myself, as a podcaster for this team, people who cover the team closely, who are there every single day in person, people who do blogs about the Panthers and other podcasts. We've been pretty spoiled this season, seeing so many wins. And then lulls like this, lulls like this can kind of suck and kind of, man, it could be... It can be hard to take, not going to lie. And after Tuesday's game, it was it was a little hard. But, you know, coming up into this game against Columbus where they scored nine and then eight the other time, you know, a lot of us were confident that the Panthers could not necessarily do it again and go on the scoring spree that they did. But be able to handle the Columbus Blue Jackets because of what history had said. And this one stings. It really does sting. Absolutely. It does. And it just comes out. It comes down to just the energy that the Panthers uh, bring in at the beginning of the game. And just also, it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies um, and sunshine and all that. Mackenzie Weger said that after the game, talking to the media about it, uh, that it's not always going to be that way for the Panthers. Jonathan Huberdeau, this isn't the first time I've heard him say this statement, is that the Panthers come out trying to be a little too cute. Jonathan Huberdeau talked about possibly that this team looks a little tired. And Andrew Burnett, just a few minutes later, 
is not using the tired excuse for this team. And I'm more on the side of Bruno on, on this one when talking about the tired excuse because the Columbus Blue Jackets have played more games and they're not going to make the tired excuse. And it's not to discredit uh, Jonathan Huberto or shame him or anything. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But just even when the Panthers start off their three-game road trip right before coming back home, they're having a hard time getting off to starts in the game and just trying to take advantage of some of the early opportunities. I mean, the Panthers did come out with a early lead too, but that was about it really before kind of the wheels fell off a little bit in this game. And it's going to bite you in the ass when you can't capitalize really early on. I mean, yes, we all know their goal differential is in the third period is the best. And that's when the money period is for them. As I talked about a few days ago before this homestand even started, but it's not a place that the Florida Panthers should depend on all the time as the time to get their sense of urgency when it comes to trying to win hockey games. And that is a little bit of a concern, but still not the end of the world for the Florida Panthers in what their quest is for trying to become better every day and trying to win a playoff series for the first time since 1996. And again, I mentioned this is the time of year where it's like, I kind of like the dog days of the season where you're getting in the groove of things and it's just autopilot. Aaron Eckblad talked about it and I'm, that's worth mentioning again that you, the, the team can sometimes be on autopilot. And this is a part of the season where you will definitely be tested. I mean, it's weird how the roles have reversed for this Florida Panthers team at home versus the road. They find two ways to come back after their opponents score first in their first two games in Carolina and Minnesota. And then they come back home and they don't look like that home team. I mean, only their fifth loss at home no big deal. If you tell me that this would be the Florida Panthers' record, um, 35-2, um, 35-12, and 5 after 52 games, you take it. And that's something that I constantly need to remind myself. And I want to remind you guys as well that this is a dent right now, but assuming that some of you guys listening to this, maybe you guys listen to this in your car. Maybe some of you guys listen to this in your living room or on your walk around the neighborhood or in the park. But if you're listening to this in your car, you probably have had a dent or two in your car, but dents can be reversed and fixed, at least some of them. 
and that's really what's going on with the Panthers right now is that bad news. The, a lot of the goals that they're giving up at their end is coming off of mental errors. The good news is that these errors that they're committing are correctable for this team. And back to the drawing board for the Florida Panthers as they welcome an Edmonton team to town who the firepower of Dreisaitl and McDavid uh, coming into town. I mean, we'll talk about that more in the third segment, but it's definitely something that the Florida Panthers are going to be having to kind of wake up to. I mean, coming into this game, they were kind of woken up and confident going into this one because of what they did to the Columbus Blue Jackets the first two times. Not the case this time. And the Florida Panthers, I think they got a little bit humble after this one. And that's why I think that this loss is a good one for the Panthers as they currently, once again, have a dent. But that dent can be reversed. In the next segment, we're going to break down more of this 6-3 to loss against the Columbus Blue Jackets, talking more about this game. But first, let me tell you all about Built Bar. And this is the time of year where I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamony, churroy, uh, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Compare that to a candy bar which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your next listen of the day, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local expert. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, continuing on with this conversation about this game, uh, the 6-3 to three loss against the Columbus Blue Jackets. The lines kind of look like this. Carver Hagee, Alexander Barkov, Frank Vetrano on that first line for the Florida Panthers. Jonathan Huberdeau, Sam Bennett, Anthony Duclair, Mason Marchman, Anton Lundell, Sam Reinhart, Maxim Mammon now on the left wing on that fourth line. Ryan Lomberg was a healthy scratch. Etulus Durenin and Patrick Hornquist. We are in Ekblad. We're on the top defensive pairing. Gus Forsling, Radko Gudis, Oli Olevi, and Brandon Montour on the third. And this was a perfect opportunity for the Florida Panthers to take advantage of the fact that Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens are both on IR. Merzlikens was just placed on IR on Thursday morning. Uh, JF Berube, uh, making his only third start of the season for the Columbus Blue Jackets, a guy who bounced from the AHL, the ECHL, played for the Ontario Reign, 
which is now the LA Kings affiliate for the AHL. But that was, he was playing there when they were part of the ECHL. So just goes to show of the journey that JF Berube went through to get to this point in his career. And although there was a lot of bad in this game, there was some good in this one as well. I saw Olio Levy. I noticed Olio Levy quite a bit in, in this one. Uh, breaking up quite a few opportunities uh, for this one. Um, and Sergey Bobrovsky, he got the night off, rested. The Florida Panthers did not hold a morning skate, so we didn't know until hours before. George Richards from Florida Hockey Now reported that Johansson was getting work with the players who were scratched. So many thought that Sergey Bobrovsky was going to start again. But just goes to show that Johansson was getting more of some work right before starting. So that was just goes to show that we can't predict who might be in the crease. And we saw Jonas Johansson earlier this season. He was victim to the Florida Panthers in Colorado's one and only appearance in South Florida. Um if my memory serves correct, uh, it was a 4-1 win for the Florida Panthers against uh, Jonas Johansson when he was with Colorado. Didn't think that he was ever going to make a start for the Panthers. Just thought that he was holding up a roster spot while taking advantage of Spencer Knight's ELC, sending him down. And it's easy for us to say that we kind of know now what we got in Jonas Johansson after this one start, but there is a reason why Andrew Burnett decided to give Sergey Bobrovsky that much of a workload without giving Johansson a start. I mean, right before the COVID pause, Johansson was supposed to get a start against Minnesota wild before the NHL eventually suspended the season in late December. Let's remind ourselves that. But now that the Florida Panthers have that start and saw what he was in game action after Saturday, just like Jacob and I spoke about, we're likely going to see Spencer Knight back before that Ottawa game next Thursday. I have a hunch that we are going to see that for Spencer Knight bringing him back up, but there's also a little bit of good in this game where Barkoff had the Columbus Blue Jackets puck watching. And there were times where Columbus was making missing uh, Zach Wierenski, the quarterback on their power play. They go 0 for 2. But but even on their defense, um, the Barkoff caught them puck watching and then feeds Mackenzie Weger for six goals a year. Um, I believe he's ha- about to get his career high or about to pass it. Um, but just an incredible feed from Barkoff to Mackenzie Weger on that goal to make it one nothing at the time. And it's like, cool, a good start. The Panthers, uh, they, they, um, they're used to scoring in bunches against the Blue Jackets. And Mackenzie Weger, by the way, his career high is seven goals. So he's two away from passing his career high in goals. And, 
I saw Frank Vetrano brought a little bit of energy early on. I mean, Frank Vetrano, this is his first game since February 1st against the New York Rangers. Um, playing on that top line. Don't know what his trade value is, really. Um, not performing the best um, on, in a contract year. But the it's really Andrew Burnett trying to experiment a little more. And part of me is starting to think that Andrew Burnett might be trying a little bit too hard to try to mix and match a little bit instead of going what you know works. I didn't really have a problem with Max and Mammon on that top line for now. So why take him out and put Vetrano there? Maybe there's something brewing behind the scenes that we don't know about in a trade package to try to put something out there. But I, I, I don't know. Only only Andrew Burnett um, know, knows that answer. And Mackenzie Weger, despite scoring a goal, he had a bad turnover going the other way. Warcheck gets to Patrick Lane. Barkoff almost got it back to um, break up the pass, but just not 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 fast enough to get uh, to Patrick Lane on that one. And we saw a little bit of a once again Barkoff and Huberto being together early on in the game, and then going back to their lines. And we're going to see that more this season. At this point, it's just now expect it and make these quick uh, snap changes for Andrew Burnett. And they were dominating the faceoff circle, especially early, 76% to 24 uh, in favor of the Panthers. And this is a team that doesn't really win a lot of faceoffs, but it was encouraging at first. And then, yeah, it just wasn't going really well for them, especially on the power play. Only two shots on their first uh, two power plays. The Columbus Blue Jackets were eliminating some of the rush chances for the Panthers. They were eliminating some of the play in the neutral zone as well. And Boone Jenner uh, can just continues um, scoring for the Columbus Blue Jackets, along with Patrick Lane. Patrick Lane has 13 goals in his last 10. Boone Jenner gets a great to, puts in great position to tip in a goal. And we're starting to see issues even on their own power play where they're giving up shorthanded opportunities going the other way. Jonas Johansson didn't have a great night. 22 of 27, but he did make a big save on Boone Jenner shorthanded to prevent it from being three, one at the time. And it's like, okay, okay, Johansson, you're, you're giving the Panthers an opportunity to still stay in this game. They're down. They have their home crowd behind them, but, and it was a packed house on a Thursday night at FLA live arena. I know it wasn't the result that Panthers fans wanted, but credit to the Panther fans that did show up uh, in South Florida. And the region is starting to really buy the team. Don't let one loss discourage you. More encouraging things for the Panthers is their second goal of the game. Dumping it in. Barkov and Huberto race to the puck. They win the race. And then Huberto finishes on that one. And then mental errors once again. Panthers caught in a change. And they just can't get back. And Cole Sillinger uh, gets it past Johansson. And then the, the their next one, a tip-in from Danforth. Um, and one that I thought Johansson probably could have saved. But looking at the replay, I didn't really see much of a misdire- uh, of a redirection. Really hard to tell from that camera angle that they provided uh, on the broadcast. The, I mean, let's be honest. 
FLA Live Arena just doesn't have the best camera angles. Can we get that out there? It just doesn't have the best angles there. There, the camera is very low. You can't even see much above, uh, past like ten rows, maybe maybe less. So a lot of the camera angles at FLA Live Arena are just very strange. So I couldn't really see on the fifth one whether it was tipped in or not. And like I said, Andrew Burnett trying to be very aggressive. And I mean, I get it. You're 5'2". And now we're starting to see that when the Panthers are down, I mean, Dean Evason of the Minnesota Wild, uh, he pulls, He's he's been known to pull his uh, goalie early. And I think that's kind of like what Andrew Burnett has kind of like what he's kind of replicated from that. That's the right word. I don't know what the right word is for it, but he's kind of taken notes from it and say, Hey, down big three, this is the time to do it. And Andrew Burnett said after the game, he was asked why he was uh, pulled the goalie with the about eight 30 left in the third. And he said, he says, I don't think our team is ever out of a game. Though I do agree, the Florida Panthers did get a goal. Sam Bennett on the on the doorstep gets it from Barkoff. Huberdeau gets two points in this one. And still, even after that, I wasn't getting my hopes up. Um, to come back from three is really hard thing to do, but uh, Bennett found a way. And let's talk about Sam Bennett's charging penalty. Um just shortly after the Columbus Blue Jackets made it six to three, uh, when they got an empty net from Oliver Borgstrand, it wasn't late. It wasn't above the neck or towards the head, but I can understand from a referee's perspective why you make that call. In a blowout, like what the Columbus Blue Jackets were doing to the Panthers. The referees were trying to read the room is if you don't penalize this now, there could be something worse. And the, and the Panthers could have thought that they could have gotten away with possibly an even more aggressive hit and possibly a hit that could injure somebody on the, on the opposition. I know this isn't what Panthers fans want to hear, but I'm taking you inside the mind of a referee as someone who is one. So, the referees were reading the room there. Don't know if Sam Bennett is going to get something from the league office because he is a repeat offender. Um, we saw that three game suspension after that hit um, against the Montreal Canadiens on New Year's Day. But now, unfortunately, Sam Bennett has a reputation, so he's going to the league is at least going to talk to him suspension. I don't know. I don't think it's suspension worthy, but taking a minor penalty to prevent something later in the last few minutes of the game, as somebody who's refereed and has been a third party and who has refereed games with no rooting interest. Of course, in this game, I have rooting interest. I, I root for the Panthers. I want them to win. But I try to look inside what they're thinking as well. And that is 
um, is a is a call that is being proactive on it. That's what the referees were doing there. So maybe he won't face uh, any any discipline. But the Columbus Blue Jackets were just they found a way to help JF Barube big time in this one. They outblocked the Panthers twenty to six in this one. Their physicality as well, creating opportunities going the other way. Uh hits 43 to 27 in this one. And even though the Florida Panthers dominating the shots on goal category 42 to 28, gotta give credit to JF Barube as the situation that he found himself in with the two goalies of Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens, both of them on IR. You gotta give credit where credit is due. And now let's talk about the Panthers goaltending. We know what the Florida Panthers have in Jonas Johansson now. I think we've seen enough uh, of Johansson. Nothing personal against Johansson. Nothing that I know Jonas Johansson is probably going to go back to work and try to improve. But there's a, again, there's a reason why the Panthers hadn't start Johansson. It, um, it, it took them until now. And I don't disagree that Sergei Bobrovsky needed rest after the workload that he had. I was actually kind of excited for Johansson coming into this one. But after that, it, I think, once again, we're going to see Spencer Knight sometime soon. Um uh, make his return to lineup and he's performing great in AHL Charlotte right now. So credit to him. And I think it's only going to be beneficial for him. And again, the Florida Panthers are taking advantage of the ELC that they have for Spencer Knight. So that wraps up the game against Columbus time to bury the hatchet, put this game behind us. The Panthers are probably already putting this game behind them as the Panthers right now are probably pissed about that result they were pissed on tuesday they're pissed off again but this is something that is good for them for sure we're gonna preview saturday's matinee game against the edmonton oilers coming up in the third segment but first we're gonna tell you all about bet online football might be over for this season but basketball is in full sync for both pro and college hoops from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your search for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the past Olympics and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing this conversation on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And I don't know how to feel about Saturday. I really don't. Because if you allow Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to just take over this game and that they're as dominant as can be, they can beat you badly. But 
the story has been for the last few years is that the pieces around them, the Darnell Nurse doesn't have that top line defenseman with him. And a lot of people question Darnell Nurse getting that extension and the cap hit that he's getting for that too. And finding him a partner, the goaltending. Uh, that That's another question mark for them. The Florida Panthers beat them up pretty badly last time around. Sergey Bobrovsky got his first shutout in over two years. And this is a really, this is a, this is a really tough game to go into after taking two L's. And now you got to welcome in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, they took an L just a few nights ago against the Tampa Bay Lightning um, on Wednesday night, that which was a primetime game, which I was able to uh, watch. Um, but man, even, even their, uh, even their, uh, defense wasn't the best and Tampa Bay found a way to score in bunches against them. And the Florida Panthers were able to do that last time around and on the road. Uh, but the Panthers, they returned to practice on Friday at the Panthers ice den in Coral Springs. And we're really going to see where adversity takes this Florida Panthers team as they're right now in a, on an extended homestand. I mean, this game three of five in between Saturday and next Thursday, four days off, much needed rest for this Panthers team. And just, I'm, I'm sure the Panthers are just like kind of crawling in a way, getting to that four-day off window. But first, it's about taking care of business against two of the top players in all of the NHL. And Saturday's game is going to be a fun one, too, because you have three of the top scorers in all of the NHL. And Doug Plagans and Jameson Olive on Territory Talk the other day talk about spoke about this game and made some at least Doug Plagans made some wild predictions and I'm not going to spoil it on this podcast. I want you guys to go listen to it. I mean, I told Jameson Olive when he joined the show the, the a few weeks ago and I'll say it again. If you're listening to this podcast but you li- don't listen to Territory Talk, it, it's a little criminal in my opinion because they're a lot closer with the team. They they're there more uh in person than I am and definitely uh definitely people who I look up I look up to them but definitely uh definitely listen to that and listen to the prediction that Doug Plagans uh gave on on that episode and I and I just was like wow and amazed but hey uh it's all for good fun and we are going to see once again uh three top scorers on the same ice and it's going to be a fun one and of course there's going to be bigger storylines than just those three players on the same on the same ice about possibly replicating what they did just a few weeks ago in Edmonton and see what this team is made of can can we get the power play going can the Florida Panthers eliminate some of the mental errors uh 
um, on their own end. Because once again, the mental errors are correctable. And this is the time of year to start doing it. Because once the playoffs start, we can't we can't afford for the Florida Panthers to have slow starts because it bit them Thursday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Could very well bite them again. And learning experience is all that this is. And I'll admit, I'm a, I'm a bit spoiled. Once again, I'm a bit spoiled covering so many wins that sometimes these losses are a little bit tough to take. Uh, but hang in there, Panther fans. It's going to be okay. The Florida Panthers, you again, I can't, I can't be any more thankful that they have the record that they have through 52 games, 30 games left. And they're going to have to address some things at the trade deadline on the defense for sure, because the goals against going on the other end is something that they're going to need to address. And Bill Zito's doing his homework. Don't worry. He's, he's doing his homework to try to get this team better. And, uh, there should be a lot of trust in what he's doing for if he's shown you for you guys listening, if he's shown you anything that he's all, he's always willing to invest not only in the now, but the future, especially every, most of the pieces that he's brought in, he's been able to keep too. So that is what the Panthers are hoping for as they try to improve this team. But Hey, Monday, we will break down Saturday's game against the Edmonton Oilers. We'll be talking more about that game. We'll be, hopefully, we'll be talking about a win as the Florida Panthers will be having four days off before facing off against the Ottawa Senators on Thursday night. Hang in there, Panther fans. It's going to be okay. We'll see you Monday. And in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL shows. Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Summer Mondo Vles, signing off. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day.